episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode. Uh, I just wanted to quickly have a chat about the Classic Pickup Roundup. Uh, if you've been paying attention to social media, put out a bit of information and finally got a bit of a, um, I guess, a flyer or a, or a uh, advert out for it. So... Um, yeah, this year, November 3rd, which is a Thursday, Tabletop New South Wales at the Edamoga Pub. Uh, we're going to have a, a get-together, um, pretty low-key. You know, you don't have to do anything special. You don't have to turn up at any time special, basically between about 2 p.m. and 9 p.m. We're just going to try and park up a heap of trucks and, and let's all get together and appreciate each other's vehicles and you know have a bit of a chat and make some connections and you know similar to you know really what's been going on with the um the pickup trucks down under meets in melbourne and sydney um we tried to run this event last year and obviously covid uh threw a spanner in the works for that but just really good to see more and more uh, pickup you know or truck or you call it what you like but more specific shows starting to get together and uh, I've spoken about this one a bit in the past, but you know, it's piggybacking off. We've obviously got um, the Bright Rod Run and the Mulwala Rod Run are on the same weekend uh, down here in, uh, well, Victoria and on the border in Mulwala. And huge shows, like you've never been to the Bright Rod Run. Um, I've never been to Mulwala, so I can't speak of it. I'm not telling you not to go there, but I personally, um, you know, I'm half an hour from Bright, so I go to the Bright Rod Run, and that's where I, I really enjoy the atmosphere and it, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, into Monday, it's almost like you've stepped into a 50s movie theme and there's just all these old vehicles and it's just an amazing uh, time of year for me because even here in Mount Beauty, we're half an hour away, but you just go down the street and guys are just cruising everywhere and it's a really cool get together. And, and the thing is that they have a big show and shine on the oval and heaps of cars park up, but they're all mixed in and you don't really get all the trucks together. and. Not that we should, I enjoy that everything's mixed up, but I, I really thought, you know, a couple of years ago, I thought we really need to get this, you know, truck only. And, and the first episode of the podcast was recorded there at the Bright Rod Run. And I basically walked around the Oval and there were all the guys with cool trucks and I interviewed them. I was super timid. That was two and a half years ago. And, you know, just really, I was so scared to do it. I didn't know, you know, whether people would even want to talk to me or talk about their trucks and you know the funny thing is obviously once you get someone talking about the truck you can't shut them up so it was great and I I spoke to a whole bunch of people that were there and as time goes on you know realizing just how big this scene is for us here in Australia and it's growing you know like you just see guys every day posting on Facebook or Instagram that they've just got a new vehicle and they're gonna they're trying to restore it and you know I think if we could magically get every truck 
that's currently being restored on the road. You know, we, we double the numbers of vehicles in Australia. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, just a, a bit of a pump up for the, the classic pickup roundup. Um, I'm not making a cent out of this. Trust me, it's, it's not about making money. Um, what I'd love is more people to listen to the podcast. Um, and I would love more people just to meet each other and really just form connections you know like you meet another guy say you're building something a little bit unusual maybe it's a bedford or you know you're building a dodge and there's not a there's not a huge amount of that out there and you can go to the show and meet another guy and he's already finished his build and you say hey mate where'd you get the rubbers to do your windows you know like there's connections like that that are they're just so important when you're building something and then once you've got it on the road you know like these trucks are never finished you're always looking for something else to do so Really good to just meet people and, you know, we're all like-minded, so I really love it. So, yeah, put that in your diary. Um, yes, it's a Thursday. It's a bit of a different situation, but that's cup weekend, so it's a long weekend anyway. So just tell the boss you're taking an extra day off. You know, it doesn't matter if you're up in Sydney. I drove away to Sydney for your show, so get in your car, get in your truck, drive down, come down to this show, and then go on to the Bright Rod Run or go to Mulwala for their run and make it awesome, you know, four or five days of it. It's fantastic. It's November. The weather's going to be good. You'll enjoy it. Anyway, enough rattling on about that. Um, I just wanted to, yeah, pump that up a bit and make sure that you know what's going on and put that in your diary. This episode, so we're at episode 72, which, you know, I'm really proud of. Um, I haven't put one out every week, which was originally my plan, but it's, it's a lot of work. But, yeah, like I said, two and a half years, the podcast has been going, and, you know, I'm happy that that's continued and that we still you know get to talk to awesome people and share information with you um always having a little bit of a a competition with um heath from the gutter to gutter podcast they're at episode uh 69 and he actually caught me at one stage and then i've I've got back and caught over him so it's a little bit of motivation for us um you know we talked about that a few times if you haven't listened to that podcast it's a good one but uh episode 72 so um spoke to georgie so on instagram she's at that.aussie.c10 and uh, if you follow her already you have a, a real idea of uh, how much work she's doing on her truck like she's just rolled up her sleeves and said I'm doing everything and she really is and uh, and you'll really enjoy having a listen to this uh, episode she's you know she's got a background in uh, more the four-wheel drive scene and then she fell in love with the trucks bought a truck and you know basically consuming her at the moment and hopefully uh you know she meets a deadline and she's got her on the road fairly soon but it was awesome to talk to georgie um you know like this is a male dominated sport uh if you can call it a sport but certainly male dominated and and i think there's more and more girls you know we've spoken to quite a few girls now on the podcast and and some have built their trucks, some have just bought them. There's no right or wrong, but I really, um, I've got a lot of time for someone who, who's done all the hard work and, and built their vehicle. That's what I love to do. And uh, just awesome to hear her story. And, you know, if you're a, a young lady out there looking to build a truck or you're building something, or maybe, you, you know, you've got a daughter and it's great motivation, I think, to see other women in this industry who are achieving things. So I thought it was fantastic. So that's enough rattling on from me. Without further ado, um, please enjoy this episode with Georgie. I really did, and we'll catch up with you again soon. All right, so we're joined by Georgie, joining us from up in uh, Brisbane. Georgie, how are you doing today? Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, awesome. Um, thanks a lot for coming on and having a chat to us. I've um, been following 
your hard work for a little while and uh and i just I, I saw a photo recently and i think you were sanding away a door or something like that and i just thought my god putting more effort into your build than i think i do into mine so i thought it'd be awesome to catch up and have a chat to you yeah <laughs> well thank you i think you're um i think you're talking about the robocop one where i've got a head torch and uh, motocross goggles on trying to sand the door chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i yeah i the reason I love patina is because I did not want to deal with all that stuff, you know, like paint prep and body prep. There's so much work. Uh, honestly, the more I get into it, the more I'm just like, I should have just left it <laughs> how it was and not done this. Like <laughs> the rabbit hole that I'm in, oh, yeah, it's out of control. No, that's good. Um, so but, let's um, not get too far ahead of ourselves, though. So uh, tell me a little bit about your background and you know what your early influences were. I, I know that you may have been a bit of an off-road Jeep person from some posts I've seen. But tell me about, you know, early on on what were your influences? Yeah. Um, yeah, my mum wasn't, uh, I guess, much of a car girl. I remember when I was, like, in primary school, she had a, oh, I can't remember the year, a 70s model MGB, and I loved it. Like, it, looking back at photos now, it was ugly. Like, it was going through... The awkward stage where all the chrome was gone it had this big black plastic bumper and oh it was hideous but at the time I loved it and every time mum threatened to sell it I'd have a tantrum and have a cry but um yeah I sort of um have always been a bit of a tomboy and always loved cars I've always yeah like mum always tells stories of me when I was a kid hearing like a loud V8 off in the distance and I'd just get so excited and get her to look at it and all that sort of stuff but um yeah my first car out of school I wanted to actually get a Skyline um but just as I got my learners the p-plate laws came out in Queensland you weren't allowed turbos or anything cool so it was sort of back to the drawing board and ended up um getting a Jeep Wrangler and um didn't even know what full driving was I loved camping but um yeah didn't know what full driving was so joined a club and then it was a 12-year money pit after that of just modifying the hell out of that and um, then yeah ended up buying the C10 which was sort of my dream truck from I think when I was about 14 I remember seeing one um, and just fell in love with it and um, yeah long story short loved the Jeep miss it dearly but I had a pretty bad rollover um, a couple of years ago fixed it back up to um yeah, take full driving again and never really got my courage up like I used to. So I um, bought the C10 and imported that from the States and kept the Jeep for a little bit longer but ended up, you know, spending more time on the C10 and less time in the Jeep. So I sold it, which broke my heart, but time to grow up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you can only have one money pit at a time, I think. I, I've seen photos of your Jeep and I, I can see what's, what work went into it and it's not cheap to do all that stuff. No, it definitely wasn't. I, um, yeah, I seemed to never do things in halves. Um, the Jeep, yeah, I had for 12 years. I got it stock um, and I did everything from changing the colour from like a steel blue to a Lamborghini orange looking colour. It had a ridiculous amount of gold pearl in it, which looked great, but the first time it went off road, it got all scratched and ruined. Um, but yeah, it blew a rear axle seal and um, elongated the hole on the drive home as I limped at home and instead of 
buying a uh, junkyard housing or anything like that. I decided to buy a rock jock down a 60 from Curry Enterprises from the States and imported that. And while it was off the road getting that, yeah, we did a custom fuel tank, triangulated four-link, um, coilovers, anti-rock sway bar and put a roll cage in and it, yeah, <laughs> I just kept throwing money at it while it was off the road. It, would, um, it was definitely a money pit, but the um, good thing about American cars, I guess, Jeeps and, and Chevys is everything is so readily available in the States and for the most part, yeah, bolt in. Yeah, especially that, that Jeep world. I, um, I've spent a bit of time off-roading and um, spent some time in Moab in a Jeep and, you know, it's even with the big even with the big stuff you put in them it, you still break it so it's um yeah it's fun yeah the bigger you, the bigger stuff you put in the um harder you can go and the worse off you're going to be when you when things if and when things go bad but um yeah i love the states i love jeeps I've, i mean i've got a big jeep grill tattooed on my side i haven't got a chevy tattoo yet but yeah i've got a jeep grill and i've been in the states a couple of times to a desert race called king of the hammers which is like think desert race on steroids it's an insane event but um yeah seeing all the old jeeps and all that sort of stuff over there was just amazing and did you just go to king of the hammers as a spectator or did you have a drive uh no actually many years ago i met the um owner organizer of it dave cole i met him at um Tough Trucks, which is like a big four driving comp over here. And, yeah, long story short, kept in touch, and he invited me over. So I sort of um, did some work for the Ultra 4 team and um, set up, like, fencing. Um, what else did I did a bunch of stuff over there, but for the most part I was free to go off and do what I wanted. Um, and, yeah, so I went in, oh, I think it was, I want to say... 2018 and 2019 maybe I um the second time I went over was like COVID was just hitting the states I think I just got back before um Australia closed its borders from memory yeah amazing yeah that I I follow a lot of um a lot of that King of the Hammer stuff it's it's wild so uh yeah that's pretty fun yeah we we did a trip in 2019 um all through Arizona um I then ended up coming back down through Moab and and just hired out a couple of je- a jeep for a few days and just went and did all the fun tracks and uh, yeah it was amazing it was really good fun. Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, I, honestly, um, I can't recommend King of the Hammers enough. Like to watch it transform. I was over there for two weeks, um, over there for the setup, and then. Um, all the races and helped with the pack up afterwards but just seeing it transform from just a deserted lake bed to really a city like over 30,000 people it's just the atmosphere is insane yeah <laughs> they they do things on a slightly different level to how how we're able to do them I mean they've got the population obviously but um yeah it's crazy what they get away with yeah yeah like everyone has an RV and like not even a little one just massive it's just oh it's insane i'd live there in a heartbeat if i could yeah it's got its pros and cons that's for sure so you know i think for most of our listeners um right now listening to you talk about all this work you've been done been doing on your vehicles 
give us a bit of an idea of where you get those skills. I mean, what's what's your um, what's your profession or what's your background on the tools? <laughs> um, no profession. <laughs> um, I <laughs> I've honestly just um, figured things out as I go along. Like I do. Um, I work in the mines, um, but nothing technical. I work with autonomous trucks, um, which are sort of, yeah, sit in front of six computers and sort of build like a virtual mine model for them, which sounds really technical, but it's kind of like if you remember the old game Sims, like everything's already built. You sort of just drag and drop and join it together. It's really simple. Um, but, yeah, I've been in, in the mines for nine years now and before then I was um driving road trucks I worked in a quarry just yeah nothing um nothing crazy um but yeah I think my the skill and I use that word lightly um comes from just being stubborn um and yeah when I was younger living paycheck to paycheck and trying to save some money by doing something myself and seeing if I could so um yeah, a lot of YouTube videos, lots of Google, um, and yeah, just stubborn independence to try and figure it out myself. Yeah, and and you quickly realise that you can do that stuff, don't you? Like, if you're driving a truck and you get a flat tire, there's no one else there. You've got to change the tire, so you build up the confidence in just being able to do basic stuff. And then, you know, I I have a lot of people say to me, "Oh, I don't know how you do this," or "I can't believe you would do that." It's like mechanics are not geniuses; they just you know, they just follow a procedure like anyone else. And if you're good at it's it's just like giant Meccano, really. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, at the end of the day, it's not rocket science. And if I can't figure out something myself, I'll, yeah, like, I'll at least have a crack. Um, and, yeah, if it doesn't go to plan, then, you know, I can use the professionals. But so far, so good for the most part. Like, definitely had some road bumps, but... um yeah, nothing I haven't been able to figure out. Um, I have a lot of friends as well that, um, like my partner's a fitter by trade. Um, I've got a couple of friends that are fitters as well, just from mining. Um, so they're always there to help me out if I have any questions. But, um, yeah, for the most part, it's always sort of just been me trying to figure it out myself. Mm, yeah, cool. So talk us talk us through. Uh, you've got your your Wrangler. You're just cruising along in life. You've always had a dream to get a, a Chevy truck. How how did that sort of happen? Were you just looking on Facebook or Craigslist or you know because you you brought it in from California? How did you find it? <laughs> um, so after I rolled the Wrangler. Um, yeah, I sort of worked away trying to fix that and started thinking, okay, well, I had, um, I'd bought in another Dyna 60 for the front and I had about oh, 10 grand's worth of parts that were sitting waiting to go in. But I sort of looked at it and went, oh, I'm still going to have to spend another 10, 15 grand on other parts to get this in. And then I started thinking, well, do I want to do this? Am I going to get my courage back or am I not going to? And what could I better spend the money on and um my partner Levon um <laughs> I helped him move house he's had a couple of old cars in the time that we've been together and um at the start of COVID he bought a 78 model um 
78? Yeah, 78 F truck, um, long bed. And um, that was sort of his lockdown project at the start. So we sort of, when we first started hanging out, it was a lot of shed time and me helping out and sanding away and doing all that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, this is so much fun, you know, rebuilding an old car. And I found the long bed tub for him that he, yeah, got at a scrapyard and all sorts of stuff. But, you know, it was fun because I was doing all this restoring, but I wasn't paying any bills for it. Um, And... (laughs) Um, yeah so long story short he moved house and to get all the old cars over instead of putting them on a tow truck he said oh you know you drive the F truck I'll drive this and I'm going to the cars over there and I was like yeah cool no worries and driving that F truck from sort of western suburbs of Brisbane Ipswich way to um, his current house I was like yep I need an old truck it's got to (laughs) happen so um, I um yeah, reached out to a couple of different people and um, I was actually chatting to Leon um, down south from Big L's Chop Shop and he was a bit of a bad influence on me. He was like, oh, yep, just buy one, just buy one, just buy one and a couple of other friends were like, yeah, just buy it and Leon put me in touch with another guy who um, imports them and I sort of said, this is what I'm after and... Um, he sent me a couple of Craigslist ads and there was this orange one that looked like it had just had a fresh paint job. It looked pretty immaculate. Um, and then he sent me a link to the one that I bought, which was like this black color and this sort of write up about it. It was in the same family its whole life and had a 350, which was something that I wanted. Um, column shift auto, which is what I wanted couple of other things so I was like yeah you know if if I had to choose I'd probably go the black one and then the next day he sent me a message and was like yeah so I bought the black one and I was like oh no <laughs> like I wasn't ready yet <laughs> and um yeah he was like oh no you know like I th- I chatted to the owner and I thought it was a good deal so if you don't um if you don't want it I'll keep it and sell it when it gets here and I sort of yeah chatted to my boyfriend and sort of thought yep let's let's take the plunge so um yeah that I bought that as a 30th birthday present to myself um November 2020 and then got it in February I think it was that's a pretty good turnaround time I um the last truck I brought in uh took about 12 months it was a nightmare but uh yeah that's awesome yeah I've heard some absolute horror stories (laughs) Yeah, and it, I don't know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Some stuff gets through quick and some doesn't. It just the, depends on how backlogged they are, I think, at the docks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. So um, it's funny you talk about Leon. I was on the phone with him for about a half an hour today. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a no. good dude. Mm. Yeah. No, very good. Yeah, he's um, definitely been a lot of help with any questions I've had as well, even though I've never met him, but... Yeah, no, he's um, I'm doing a build at the moment, and we're just doing a full full airbag, and you know we were chatting about the four link setup today, and you know for a guy who you know he's he's a busy guy, but he he just always answers the phone and gives you a little bit of time and a bit of wisdom, and and I really appreciate that he does that. So it's good to have those sort of people in our community. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so you pick the truck up, is it? Is it running and driving like you could drive it around condition? Yeah, 
Yeah, it was. Um, it got brought up from Victoria in a tow truck, enclosed tow truck, and the guys rocked up and he sort of winched it back off the truck and with the um, the dramas that my boyfriend had with his F truck, it had numerous issues. So even though the Craigslist ad said that it runs and drives and all that sort of stuff, we sort of thought like at a minimum it's at least going to have a flat battery and I jumped in and it started first go. Um, I, yeah, was shocked. Took it on a couple of cheeky little runs and um, the brakes were horrible, drum brakes all around. But aside from that, it was, yeah, it, it ran perfectly fine. Yeah, amazing. And I saw you had a post there where I guess you'd, you'd bought the truck and you were waiting for it to come and it looks like you sort of sat down on the computer and and had a massive shopping spree before it even got here just to get some parts which you know realistically is really smart because we all know how long uh stuff's taking to get parts at the moment so tell us a bit about how much fun that was making a list and and going to town yeah (laughs) my partner had like leave on his name as well to say leave on now um leave on's very he'll buy something when he needs it whereas I am the most impatient person in the world. So as soon as I'd paid for this truck, I was like, all right, let's start buying stuff. Um, So I knew that um, I was going to want to do a disc brake conversion. So I bought a disc brake kit with two and a half inch drop spindles and did a five lug conversion as well from the six lug. Um, I wanted to get the fuel tank out of the cab and relocated to the back of the chassis. So I bought that. Um, oh, what else? I bought a power steering kit because when <laughs> when I drove Levon's F truck, um, that one time, one thing that I did notice being such an old truck, I was like, obviously no power steering. It's very heavy, and I really struggled turning the steering wheel. So I thought that's something I'm 100% going to need. So I bought a power steering kit. Um, yeah, I just I bought a bunch of stuff. I bought bedwood. I bought um front and rear bumpers that I actually got put in the container. So um, shipping was cheap on that. I bought an airbag kit, C-notch. Um, I bought rims. I, <laughs> I've honestly lost track of everything that I'd bought before the truck was even here, before it had even left the States. But um, it definitely set me up to have a lot to do when it did get here. Yeah, and you, and you hit the ground running, didn't you? Like, it, I think... Straight up, you just did everything necessary to make it a safe, um, roadworthy driver. I guess that was you. You sort of sound like you had a couple of phases in your mind, like you had this really well planned. Yeah, yeah. I um, I guess learning from when I had the Wrangler. Um, I mean, I when I pulled it off the road and put the roll cage in and all that sort of stuff. When I had my rollover, if I didn't have that roll cage and it just had the little factory sports bar, um, the rollover that I had, I would have been a lot worse off. I would have been either seriously injured or probably killed. It was a very bad rollover. So having that six-point cage and um, I had bucket seats and a four-point harness as well, like I was as safe as I could be. So when I bought this truck, I was like, okay, well, it's a 58-year-old truck. Um, I know that the brakes are going to be crap and 
Um, obviously, it's a steel dash. There's no airbags. There's no safety. Um, so I, I wanted to do all the upgrades that would um, make it as safe as it could be straight up so I could just do those mods and get it on the road and, and start enjoying it before I went um, to the current stage that I'm in now. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And and that, that I mean, that's a big thing. And also, like, the, the five-lug conversion gives you such a better options for wheels and, and that's, well, for rims. Yeah. Um, you know, I we're doing the same thing at the moment on this suburban build I'm doing and, you know, it just it makes sense, um, you know, if you want to put something other than some fairly stock rims on there, it's uh, it's really handy. So with, with the airbags, you know, you've got a little notch in there. So obviously um, some drop spindles on the front. So did you put bags in the front or just in the back? Yeah, it's got bags all around. Um, the setup in the rear is pretty average. I could definitely get it lower. Um, but my goal with the airbags, I've never wanted the sills to be on the ground. Like that look sort of isn't for me. I want to keep the bed wood at the factory height as well because one thing that Levon and I love doing is going to the drive-ins. We used to take his F-truck and, um, yeah, it's something that I definitely want to do with a C10. So keeping the bed wood at the factory height um, has been more important to me than having the truck as low as others. Um, so, yeah, there's while it's off the road now, um, we're going to be fixing the C-notch and trying to get a little bit more low and a little bit more even. But, um, yeah, it's definitely not as crazy as, um, yeah, full notches and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, it's sort of what I'm after. Yeah, awesome. And, and it's it's staying left-hand drive. Was there ever a thought to change that or, or that's something you've always wanted? Is that sort of you're, no. an, you're an American truck, you want it to be left-hand drive? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it's just been Levon's F truck was right-hand drive. Um, but, yeah, just left-hand drive and column shift auto as well was just, oh, the bee's knees. I love it. I love left-hand drive, old truck. Like, that's classic for me and that's, you know, really American. Yeah, it's cool. I, I remember growing up, my dad had a um, 1959 Ford Custom line and uh, it was an Australian-built right-hand drive, but it had um, it had a column shift manual, which was super cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. I, when I bought it on Craigslist, it didn't say anything about the transmission. It just said that it had a 350 small block. So I was like, "Yep, yeah, cool." I was expecting for it to just have a power side, and um, yeah, when it got here, I think it was the morning after. I got under and, you know, checking it out as, as you would and looked at the bottom of the transmission. I was like, that's not a power glide. What is that? What shape is that? So then I got on Google and was looking at the transpan shapes and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, I think that's a 400. I believe I was like, no, nah, no, nah, you wouldn't be that lucky. It wouldn't be a 400. I was like, no, 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 it is. And, um, yeah, so I definitely scored with getting a turbo 400 instead of the power glide. Extra gear is always a bit handy, but um, yeah, it's just column shift auto, not manual, but still, column shift is awesome. Yeah, it's cool. And you got the old school dimmer on the floor as well? Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, yeah, that's something. I I think they should bring them back. I don't know why they got rid of them because it's so much easier when you're going around a corner or something than trying to find your light switch. Yeah. Yeah, trying to flick an indicator and yeah, yeah, the floor switch is definitely cool. Yeah, and the other thing you're doing at the moment, I guess, um, now that you're up to uh, body and paint, which I'm probably jumping the gun, but you you brought a big back window kit in to to do the conversion on that. How, that that's a big move, but I I think I um I've never quite appreciated how cool they are until this weekend, I um or last weekend when I went up to Sydney and I was traveling up with um Shane and he's got a it's a seventy three GMC and it's like there's almost like no steel it's just this massive back window and you can just see everything they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was um that was probably the most nervous I've been so far taking a um grinder to the cab and sort of thinking if i if i get this wrong then this is a job for a professional um yeah it was definitely very nerve-wracking but um yeah i was able to do it i um got some rust repair done at a panel shop on the gold coast called common ground customs the um seals work completely rusted apart so I bought some rust panels and got them to do it because I was sort of willing to have a crack at repairing the rust but just something about the seals I thought no you know if I get that wrong then you know the doors are never going to close properly and it's going to be horrible and even chatting to them about doing this big back window kit they were sort of like oh you you know you sure you want to do that and I was like yep I'm going to do it going to try and yeah it um again that was a YouTube tutorial from a company in the States that had done it and I sort of just followed that and yeah, it turned out. So talk us through that a little bit because I mean, I always look at them, they've got the small window, but it's almost like they've got the big window pressing there. Cause I think at that time it was an option you could choose between a bigger or small back window. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So um, from what I've read, the back window was um, not really, optioned up all that often um i wouldn't say it's it's you know really rare but yeah i guess it's just something that people with work trucks didn't really need or want um but like the extra amount of visibility you get especially yeah driving a left-hand truck in australia having that extra bit of visibility is going to help when i'm when i do have it back on the road but yeah, just the coolness factor. And, yeah, it was literally, I think the tutorial said something about might have been half-inch tape to create the lip around that outer part of the steel that's already there and cut it out with a grinder and a, um, what else did I use? A couple of different die grinder shapes. And, yeah, you sort of the inner panel that I bought, um, yeah, just into place and um, I sort of did some spot welding and a bit of uh, panel glue and yeah it was surprisingly quite simple <laughs> yeah that's awesome so was that like a weekend job or a one day job how, how long do you reckon it took you to do a conversion like that um, I think it took me two days it would have been just from pulling the rear glass out and the old, you know, measure twice and cut once sort of thing. And um, knowing me, I would have procrastinated a bit and 
second-guessed myself and walked around and done something else and whatever. But, I mean, yeah, I think from memory it was – it definitely wasn't longer than two days. But, um, yeah, yeah, it would have been two days, I reckon. Yeah, that's cool. And and you were sort of – and did you put the window back in? So you, you did all that prior to deciding – to strip it all down again and paint it, right? No. No. Okay, so you've done that just no, recently. No, so uh, a few months ago now. I think it was like the first, one of the first things I did when I pulled it off the road again. Yep. Um, but yeah, it actually feels like it was quite a while ago. <laughs> so you haven't put you haven't put the big bit of glass in yet? No. It is sitting in a box in the corner of the shed yep. with a new windscreen as well. Cool. Awesome. All right. Cool. So, okay. So early on, um, you, you did your big shopping spree. Um, you rolled your sleeves up. And so obviously, you, you know, you're a FIFO. So you, you fly out for a couple of weeks, come back for a week, and you can just bulk work for a week. Is that sort of what happens? Yeah, pretty much. So I'm week on, week off. Um at the moment, I should be on site, but I'm on annual leave purely so I can keep working on this truck. Um, so how our roster works, if we take a week off, you end up with three weeks off um, just with how the roster works. So, um, yeah, pretty much for the last however many months that this has been off the road, I've been um, spending almost every day in the shed working on it. <laughs> It's a bit different to a holiday somewhere, isn't it? It's uh, it's a different passion. Oh yeah, normal people take time off work to go on a holiday. I take it off to throw money at a truck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and sand my fingers down down to bare. But um. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell it's us a labor of love, definitely. Tell us a little bit about the plan um, with paint. So you're you're stripping it and doing. Um, all the prep work on the body. Um, are you going to put it into a primer? Are you going to paint it? How how far are you pushing your current skill set? <laughs> um, I'm feeling pretty over my head at the moment. But, um, yeah, looking around, I've, I'm currently taking up, I think, Levon Shed is 10 by 9 metres and I've just got primer panels taking up the whole shed um i have pretty much yeah i have gone back to bare metal on everything so far which in hindsight something i wish i did was just sent it all off and got it sandblasted but um i have stripped it with wire wheels and stripper discs which probably would have been the same price as um sandblasting but i i didn't have the intention of going back to metal but um the truck was black from factory and then at some point in its life someone's painted it um like a navy blue color and not done a very good job so the paint was all flaking off and it just looked pretty horrible so the more panel work i did the more i sort of thought well i don't want to put fresh paint over this crap paint that's flaking off i'm going to give myself the best chance i've got so off i went to bunnings and bought a ridiculous amount of stripping discs and yeah I've gone back to metal and then done an epoxy primer and now I've got solar primer on everything yeah everything except for the bonnet 
Um, and yes, yeah, so I've been spending the last week and a bit doing the last bit of body work and now I'm on to just sanding, ready for paint. Yeah, so sand back, bit of a guide coat maybe, sand again, then... And are you going to paint it? Yep. Awesome. I'm so glad you said that. You've done so <laughs> much work. You've done everything yourself. It's like... Uh, the feeling of satisfaction you're going to have when you're at a show or, you know, just down the street is going to be out of control. Yeah, 100%. Um, I've had a few people try and talk me into just dropping it off at a panel shop and getting them to paint it. I'm like, no way. Like, I have spent weeks on weeks doing all the prep work and all the body work to this. Like, there is no way I'm letting someone else have the glory of putting the paint down. Like, that's, that's the exciting part for me. To be able to see that first lick of teal paint coming off the gun, I'm just living for that at the moment. So you you've done have you done a bit of practice painting? Like, are you what what's your experience with a spray gun? <laughs> um, I painted my Wrangler twice um, in that Lamborghini orange color I was talking about, but yeah, aside from that, that's pretty much it. I um, painted the passenger door on Levon's F truck and helped him a bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Wrangler was predominantly flat panels and it was just a bit of a scuff back and put the two pack down and the F truck was acrylic and I didn't have to do any of the prep work for that. I helped him with sanding, but yeah, that was about it. So this is definitely well beyond my, um, ability, (laughs) but, yeah, so far, somewhat good. <laughs> I've definitely had a few setbacks, but um, nothing I haven't been able to sort out and keep pushing forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just impressed because I've never done anything to do with paint. Um, and my my rattle can applications of of paint are never <laughs> real good. So, um, But, yeah, no, it's I think it's awesome. So I where my workshop is here uh, next door is a smash repairs um, to me. And um, they they had a um, one of the a girl that worked for them for a long time who was their painter and and she was amazing I think she was like a, you know apprentice of the year or whatever and and just unbelievable skills at painting and and it's always something that you know I, I sort of stand and watch through the booth and and I think it would be amazing to do it but I think I'd be way too scared to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, a really cool job would just be to paint, to not have to do all the prep work, just jump in a booth and and throw some paint down on something that someone's already done all the hard work to. But, um, yeah, it's all that hard work leading up to it that is the hard bit, I think. Yeah, at least, like you say, if you'd just done a bit of a scuff back and painted it in five years' time when the rust starts bubbling through because the old paint wasn't done right, like you'd be kicking yourself at that stage. So right now, you know 100% what's underneath the paint when it's finished and, and you know that it's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing that the Craigslist ad said was that the truck's never been in a crash and I found some very bad damage um, that had, and I am not exaggerating, it had an inch of bog on the um, just behind the uh, passenger side of the tub and um yeah i spent a few days 
straightening that up and getting the lines back to how they should be. But, um, yeah, it's it's exhausting. It is definitely testing. Um, many times I've thought, I can't do this anymore and I'm going to put it in a storage shed for a bit. But, yeah, I mean, going back to metal, I know what the condition of everything was and, and I had, you know, the, the starting point of, what I might have to watch or anything. And luckily, I um, aside from the seals that were cut out and replaced, I didn't really find any severe rust. I didn't find any rust, really. But um, at least I know that now because it's a truck that I do want to keep for a very long time. It's not something that, you know, I'm going to sell in a couple couple of years. So I want the paint to last and, and yeah, not rust away. Yeah, no, that's cool. And the other thing that I, I think is awesome is that you've, You've left it as a long bed, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's great. Because I mean, it's I know I know that short beds are so popular, and everyone you know would prefer a short bed, and then they get a long bed and they cut it all down. But I think you know if you're, I'm a person that uses my truck as a truck, so a short bed is still okay. But I mean, you can't close the tailgate and put a couple of dirt bikes in the back, for instance. You know, so building a long bed is something that's actually a lot more useful as well as looks good, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, to be honest, I think probably the only thing I will carry in the back will be a couple of beanbags to go to the truck in. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I 100% wanted to keep the long bed. I bought a um, bedwood kit from Bedwood in the States, um, and, yeah, there is no way I'd be cutting that up or... Yeah, even cutting the tub up and turning it into a short bed, no way. No, that's cool. Oh, very good. So um, is there a deadline? Like I've, I've got a feeling you've got a car show that you're you're hoping to sort of unveil at. Is that the situation? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like, because I'm so new to old cars, um, Leon and I, every break, will at least go to a car meet or a car show or something, um, which has been great for my motivation because every time I sort of get in a lull, we'll go to a car meet and I'll see some really cool cars. I'm like, okay, I need to get back into it. But um, one car show that we went to last year, we both took our trucks and um, it's called Harrigan's Custom and Rod Show, I think it's called, Harrigan's, yeah. And um, that is in just shy of four months um and yeah the other night i paid the registration fee and i was like yep 100 percent have plenty of time i'll <laughs> definitely make it for that and um then i sort of realized four months is only six of my weeks off and um i am a long way away i still have an engine rebuild to do after this paint and i've got to stay in the bed wood and i've got to put glass in and yeah, I'm not liking my chances. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got to you've got to hope and aim for something, don't you? Is what about the wiring? I mean, I know with the old trucks I've brought in, in the past, like you may as well just strip all the wiring out and start again. Was this thing a mess or was it not too bad? Uh, <laughs> it definitely had a lot of dodgy stuff in it. Um, but when I sort of I refer to it as stage one, but when I first got the truck in did the um, disc brake conversion, the fuel tank and stuff. I cleaned up a lot of wiring as well. So um, 
I probably went further than what I was expecting because um, a mate of mine who's actually just recently bought a 62 C10, um, Richie, he sort of said, you know, um, engine bays look great when the inner guards don't have any holes and they're all smooth and the firewalls are all smooth and you can't see any wires and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that'd be cool. But, no, it's, it's I kept telling myself it's not going to be a show car. And, yeah, he sort of talked me into cleaning up the firewall and cleaning up the engine bay and I'm glad I did that because when I put everything back together I now don't have all those unnecessary holes of all the accessories that it's been fitted in its lifetime and yeah you're not going to be able to see any wiring um I've, there was some sort of dodgy looking um fuse box under the dash and oh there was a bird's nest of wires that went nowhere um, so I've done a lot of stripping out. When I put it back together, I'll probably clean up some more. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a lot better than what it was. Yeah. So the the only big thing, not to say that painting a whole truck's not a big thing, but, I mean, once you've got your, your paint done, uh, your suspension's all sorted, your fuel tank's done, you need to do the engine rebuild, your auto still seems to be good, Um you know, you're sort of probably just talking about glass, rubbers, uh, interior-wise. Do you have to reupholster a bit of stuff? Already done. Done. Awesome. Awesome. When the trucks first came off the road, I um, already had the colour in. Oh, a rough idea of the colour that I was after and sort of sat down and drew up exactly how I wanted the seat done, measurements everything of where I wanted the vinyl, where I wanted the fabric, where I wanted piping what stitching I wanted, I had it completely dialed in and drew it all up and found an upholsterer not far from me and said, this is what I want. I don't want you to have any creative freedom at all. <laughs> Just <laughs> stick to this plan <laughs> and, and you know, things will be fine. So, yeah, I dropped that off uh, last year. Maybe last year. Oh, my gosh, time has flown. And, um, yeah, so that's sitting in my spare room at home waiting to be put in <laughs> cool so yeah i mean finish the paint um dive into the engine a bit now are you you gonna roll up your sleeves and and do the engine yourself as well <laughs> that um yeah i don't think i'd be brave enough to do that on my own as as handy as youtube tutorials are um but fortunately for me levon is a fitter by trade so he um he has spent a couple of nights helping me sand, but it's definitely not his forte. His forte is engines. So I'm definitely going to be there and um, doing everything I can. I, I can't wait to learn. And, yeah, you know, I want to see. I, I want to learn what I can about this 350 and um, all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, he's definitely going to be running the show on that. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, next question I have and it's an interesting question I'd like to ask everyone I talk to if you had your time again and you were at day one and I think you've mentioned probably sandblasting the body but is is there anything that you would do differently <laughs> um not really um I'm glad that I did you know the safety upgrades first um, and then got it back on the road, or 
on the road and driving and registered and um, yeah, really got to enjoy it instead of it, um, you know, being this massive project that sits around for years. I think that would have broken me. Um, but yeah, aside from the sandblasting, I'm pretty happy with how everything's turned out um, so far. Maybe ask me in a few months after I've painted it. Hopefully that goes to plan. But um, yeah, so far so good. I mean, I've I've spent a lot of money getting everything I need. Um, I'm sure there's still going to be the odd little thing that might pop up that I need to go out and buy. But at the moment, it's just time, a lot of time that I need to keep putting into it. But every time I need a part or I need something, I've I've got it here. So I'm glad that I did that instead of, um, you know, hooking in and, oh, you know, I need a replacement panel or something. Okay, well, you know, I need to get that from the States. We'll get it from somewhere in Australia and that's a few weeks' wait. And, you know, then the build just gets so far delayed. So, um, yeah, I think sandblasting, but aside from that, I don't think I would change anything. Yeah, that's awesome. And, I mean, I think that's a a really really big thing is that pre-planning isn't it it's if you could sit there and write a list and and every time you write down a basic job it can basically be broken into 30 other little jobs and and parts that you'll need to do that job and and no matter how much you plan you always still don't quite have the bolts you need or a bracket that you need and and so you're running around and and especially for you like you know you've only got this one week you know, I, I can work on the weekends or most nights of the week and I can pop down to the hardware store and get the parts I need. But, you know, you're gone for a week and you just got no chance to do anything, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, thank God for online shopping because at least I can buy what I need while I'm out at work. And um, for the most part, like everything that I bought from the States so far from um, LMC, Performance Online and Summit, um, a pretty much the main three companies I've bought from. I've definitely had issues. Things haven't always gone to plan, but those companies have um, sorted it out pretty quickly um, and the shipping away seems to be like no longer than two weeks max. Um, so, yeah, that, that side of things doesn't mean too bad at all. Yeah, perfect. No, that's really cool. So I guess the big question, and we've kind of left everyone hanging a little bit, we've talked about paint. Um, but I don't think we've really <laughs> let the cat out of the bag. So, so what colour is this going to be? <laughs> um, I like even when I was fourteen, I had this dream idea of the truck. I even had, you know, I didn't have the exact colour name, but I knew that I wanted it to be turquoise. So the colour, and I've sprayed countless rocker covers of Fifty Shades of Turquoise to try and work out the colour I want, but I've 100% settled on a 1990 Chevy Corvette colour called Turquoise Poly, I think it was called, um, which has an insane amount of metallic in it for something that was made in the 90s. Um, so just the cap of the roof will be white and the stripe down the side between the chrome will be white um, and the rest of the truck will be that Chevy Corvette colour and then I'm putting two different turquoise pearls over the turquoise and I'm putting white pearl in the white. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to 
just pop? If it all goes to plan. <laughs> Every time I tell someone this, they're like, and you're painting that yourself? <laughs> yep. No, nah, that's awesome. We actually, yeah. we, we had on the podcast, oh, it's got to be over a year ago now. It was episode 36. I don't know if you've had a listen to it, but um, we had Rachel Durbidge from WA and uh, she's, yeah. yeah, do you know her? Um, I actually chatted to her the other night. Um, I asked a question on a spray painters forum and um, I think like maybe a couple of months beforehand, we started following each other on Instagram and Facebook and yeah, she sent me a message message and said, Hey, what's your number? I'll give you a call. And just out of the blue, gave me a call and gave me so much helpful advice on how to attack this stupid paint that I'm going to do. Um, so yeah, she said that she'll be um, on the East coast. I think she said October, November. So if my paint gets delayed that much, it sort of sounds like she's willing to help me out. But I mean, even just to go out of her way and give me a call and give me that advice was just next level. That's something that I didn't really experience um, in the full drive community. That like, there's definitely pros and cons to both. But um, yeah, having other truck people out there that are willing to just offer up their skills is awesome. Yeah, yeah, and she's she's super passionate about paint. I mean, you know, she basically reps house of color over there and and her 63 panel truck is that metallic kind of green with the white roof so it's it's not that dissimilar to kind of what you're doing um but yeah definitely yeah. um yeah if i was ever going to recommend anyone uh for information male or female i think she's the one for that sort of a paint job no oh, definitely her truck looks incredible i'd love to see it in person one day if i can ever get over to perth but um yeah she's incredible the paintwork that she's done <laughs> just going off the photos yeah no it looks awesome cool all right well i think that's just about um everything that i was dying to know about your build um do you do you and levon do you you know you both have trucks and you you know involved in the scene a bit are you are you members of a club or anything like that or you just drop own them and drive them yeah we pretty much just um go for cruises really we're not really in any clubs but I mean every every week that we're home there's always something on like there's a car meet um sort of inner city Brisbane that's called Joe's Diner and that's like a monthly event and on a quiet night or afternoon there'll be 300 cars and there's always different cars obviously you know other people's builds getting finished and all that sort of stuff but it is an insane just a car meet, just something that everyone goes to. And, um, yeah, there's always car shows. There's always something happening every time we're home. So we sort of not needed, seen a need to join a club. But, um, yeah, it's definitely something that um, we're always doing. Yeah, just get out and enjoy them. Yeah, nah, that's that's what they're there for, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And I know that um, the guys from Classic Pickup Supplies, they do their driver reviver up there in Coolum Beach as well, which is a pretty cool meet. Yeah, I think um, getting up to the sunny coast and um, there's also a retro-looking diner up there called Rick's Garage. Um, that's like I'm, I love taking a lot of photos, so that's sort of one place that I want to take the truck to and um, get some cool photos out the front of the um restaurant diner that they've got but um 
yeah, I didn't really venture any further north than Brisbane when the truck was on the road, but once that engine's rebuilt, and I um, am feeling, I guess, more comfortable that it's going to be able to make those kilometres. That's definitely a couple of trips that I'll be doing. Yeah, cool. Are are you going to um, just run a carby on that 350 or are you going to go EFI? What's the plan there? Eventually I want to daily it. So I'm going to see how the carby goes. At the moment it's got a um, Holly 750 vacuum secondary carby on it, which is definitely too big for the stock 350. But once the cam and roller rockers and alloy heads and all that sort of stuff's on and it's got a few upgrades, hopefully the 750 will be better suited to it. I want to see how that goes reliability-wise. But, yeah, I think probably long-term I probably would upgrade to EFI. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Awesome. All right. Well, Georgie, awesome to talk to you and um, amazing to see just how much you've rolled up your sleeves and, and just taken this truck on and and done everything that you can, which is, which is a real credit to you for sure. Um, what we'll do is at some stage – um, probably after October 16th once the truck's finished because you're obviously going to make it to the show. Um, but we'll, ca- we'll catch up with you again. Um, we do a builder catch-up every now and then and, and I go back and just chat to people who, when I spoke to them originally, were in the build, which you are, and then you know it's good to sort of hear once it's finished and on the road and get some feedback and just do a bit of a shorter chat. So, look. Um, yeah, once again, thanks for sharing your experience with us and, um, yeah, just awesome to see another classic Chev back on the roads in Australia. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It was, um, yeah, good chat. <laughs> awesome. Oh, thanks, Georgie. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day Even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket, you'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.